Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for your word as we're looking today at your word and uh, it's your communication tool with us. Um, Lord, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see what you have for us today, that we would understand it as you intended it and uh, any other conversation would fall by the wayside, um, but that you would drill home what you have for us today. pray these things in your name. Amen. So I know, uh, good morning, Um, the last couple weeks we've talked about thoughts and our prayer life, and this week we're going to talk about God's Word, and and this could have probably been in the reverse order, talking about God's Word first, since it really informs a lot of um, our thoughts and our prayer life and whatnot, but um, that's where we're going today. So, So God's Word... It's called God's Word because it's his communication tool with us. This is how we know, this is how God talks to us, how we get to know who God is. <coughs> Good morning. Um, does somebody have Jeremiah 31.3? Um, the Lord appeared to him from far away. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Thank you. So in its context in Jeremiah, it's talking about the nation of Israel, but um, the love it describes is also God's love for every believer. Um, And I think the Bible is full of um, passages where it talks about how God loves us, how he demonstrates his love toward us. Um, So it's his love letter to us. And then John 10, 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd, and I know and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, um, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Thank you. So he's not just the shepherd, he's the good shepherd, and he knows us intimately, he created us, and we are to know him. You think of I don't know if anybody saw that video. Um, Danette shared it on Facebook, but um, uh, what's his name? Michael Jr.? Did you see that? The comedian guy about yeah. the when his child... Yeah. Yeah, how the infant hears his father's voice and just immediately calms down mm-hmm. and turns toward him. It, it's so powerful, but that's how we are with the Lord. Like when we slow down and hear his voice and get to know him, it brings peace to our hearts. <clears throat> so if we know that God wants a relationship with us and that he loves us, why do we struggle at times to read God's words to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Sometimes I, I get into an area that I don't really understand what I'm trying to tell me. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's confusing. Yeah. Go on and mm-hmm. Yeah. You caught up in all of the legals of it, and if you were to just calm 
down and let it go, um, that would be um, relinquishing something. And that's hard um, when it's something that matters to you because you have to kind of um, calm yourself to the point of saying, you know, it's out of my hands or God's got this. And sometimes you want to wallow in anger or pity and you don't want to give that. So how God's word speaks to what we're dealing yeah. with. You yeah, know, yeah. You take a small child who's freaking out and you rock him in a rocking chair and make him calm down. Yeah. Um, that's what I kind of picture when you're having, you know, something major happening in your life. And, and God's word is trying to do that to you and you know, ruffle all those, get those feathers mm-hmm. smooth down. And mm-hmm. Sometimes you kind of want to just, you go against that, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just like, no, this matters. You know, don't say it, you know, you got this or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to fix it. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they were wrong. And mm-hmm. this isn't right. And this is not fair. Right, right. But you, yeah. Yeah, we want to hold on to our stuff sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and sometimes we run to other things to fill what we know is missing in our hearts. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you misinterpret the Bible when you read it? We come to the Bible with our preconceived ideas, our sin-soiled lens of looking at Scripture. Um, This is why I always start my time in the Word asking the Holy Spirit to guide me because in my flesh and in my sin, I can't always see um, what He's trying to say on my own. I can never see it on my own. I was raised going to church every time the doors were open, and I was homeschooled with a heavy focus on the Bible. Um, And as a young adult, I got a sense that one of the doctrines I'd been taught didn't actually line up with Scripture, and I had questions nobody could answer. And so I took a summer, and I really dug into the Word. And as the Lord to wipe my mind of my preconceived ideas of God and this box that I had put him in, um, in this particular area, and I began an uh, in-depth study. <clears throat> and I asked him to, to show me, to, un- to help me to understand what his word was actually saying um, as it related to this particular doctrine. And it, it wasn't quick, and it wasn't easy. It took a lot of time and hard work. Um, but in seeking to understand God's word, I came to an understanding of what I felt God was trying to re- reveal through his word. Um, and I think we all have areas like this where we um, we have preconceived ideas. Either we've been taught something that maybe isn't fully in line. I mean, all it takes is a little bit of a twist, and all of a sudden it, what we've been taught maybe isn't fully what God intended. Um, and I think as humans... That can happen in a lot of different areas, and we need to be careful as we read God's word to um, check our views and preconceived ideas at the door before we begin reading, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Um, The Bible should always be the grid that we hold everything else up to, and uh, when a verse or passage, like you were saying, is confusing, it seems to contradict itself, we know that God's word doesn't contradict itself, so we need to dig deeper and go after finding... The answers, we we can't always assume that we're going to find the answers, but the Bible we know that the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So if it seems to, in our opinion, there is something amiss in our understanding of it. <clears throat> we're going to look at Hebrews 4, 1 to 12. 
Would somebody like to read that? Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us justice to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his work is finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he points a certain day. Today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, who... who for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Is that how you want me to go? Yeah, you could read 13 too. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Thank you. So that word rest there comes from the Greek word katapausis, meaning to cease or to to make to cease. Um, What stands out to you in verse 1? Well, I mean, to me, it was like, let us fear. But yeah, we're talking about rest. But there's that idea of like something to be concerned about, mm-hmm. which is kind of an irony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is an example of where our anxiety can affect how we read this. But we have to be careful. It says both. God's promising us something here, but there's a warning as well. And so to keep those two in check, don't don't run down the rabbit trail of I'm doomed. <laughs> but understand that he, when God makes a promise, he's going to keep that. We do need to be careful. Um, and then in verse 2 to 4, what keeps people from entering the rest? And listen to the message. Mm-hmm. Or combining the faith with the second half of it, so it's like hearing it and, and living in faith for a minute. Yeah, obedience. Mm-hmm. Yep. So unbelief, maybe striving to be in control, could be one there too. So what are some things you do when you're trying to rest? <laughs> a mental one or do you get up and write it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did you say I said take a vow Yeah, isn't it true, though? 
the Lord, the one who invented rest, from verse 4, when he created everything, knows how to satisfy your soul. He knows how to give you peace because he invented peace. So this passage is dealing with several types of rest, ultimate rest and salvation, eternal enjoyment in heaven, and peace we can experience even now on earth through Christ's provision. So how does the eternal rest promised by God through salvation bring rest to our anxious hearts here and now? Well, also knowing that, you know, God is, he's got the whole big picture figured out, you know, and there is a rest in that because um, we can only see just a little bit what's in front of us. But knowing that God sees all eternity from the beginning to the end and he's in control and sovereign over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and as we're going to see further in, down in verse 10, we don't have to earn our salvation. We don't have to be good enough because Jesus already did that for us. We can serve God out of love instead of performance. Um, entering into rest can be as easy as entering into his presence. If God's word is alive and true, what verse 12 says, um, and made to lead you to him, time in God's word should be a comfort, not a chore. We don't have to read it to check a box. It becomes our source of life. So then in verse 10, when we imitate God by resting, what is it that we're resting from? Our works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the passage. What is that passage that says our works are like filthy rags? That's kind of humbling. We, we try to do all the right things, but it, it, it's never going to be enough. And it's exhausting, right? When we try to fix things, as you're saying, Valerie, that they're trying to control things or whatever, and it just wears you down. There's so much beauty in earth if you look around, like especially like we have an anchorage, you know, and uh, this little company when my son was killed just to look across and know how much he loved that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, Yeah. Yeah, and he gives that yeah, to us. A, it's a reflection of his character. And the trees and the birds and mm-hmm. stuff. So if I get stressed, it's kind of nice to set up front of our house and earn that and just mm-hmm. look what he actually really gave us. Yeah, that's great. And then in verse 11, <clears throat> rather than pursuing our own goodness, what does God's word tell us to make an effort to do? Mm-hmm. That says we have to strive. <laughs> right? It's not easy. Right? Yeah. It's not saying you're just going to fall it. Exactly. Well, it's just like when you go to sleep at night. Like, you're laying down and you're trying to rest, but there's an active, okay, I have to put things out of my mind in order to actually rest. Yeah, and strive would indicate that we're not going to do it perfectly. God doesn't expect perfection. Um, That's why Jesus died. But peace can be found when we do this successfully. And when, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, our hearts are transformed. Our obedience or works are an overflow of our love for what Christ has done for us rather than trying to prove something or earn God's love. All right, and then verse 12, what does it say that God's word is able to do? 
Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's alive and it discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. That's kind of kind of a crazy thing. Does, any, does somebody have Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Thank you. We often don't even know what's in our own hearts. And we can trust, as we come to God's word, we can trust that he's going to inform that and show us what's in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then the second point is God's word teaches us right from wrong. It started in the Ten Commandments. I mean, people's own, God created people with a conscience, so even before that point, they... They had a conscience to know right from wrong, but Ten Commandments was laid out very clearly. Okay, this is wrong, and this is what you're not to do. <clears throat> and then when Jesus came, he clarified it even more, making it abundantly clear that God is more concerned with our hearts than behavior modification. Will somebody read the Exodus 2014? You have that. Thank you. And then Matthew 5:28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Thank you. So we see from the Ten Commandments, he, he made a law. But then in the New Testament, when Jesus came, he's taking a step further. Like, it's not just about your behavior. It's about your heart. Um, we're all going to look at, read together, 2 Timothy 3, 10 to 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, and persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, but as, you, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise from infancy. You have known the whole, oh, can I speak that? <laughs> which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you. So what's Paul reflecting on in verse 10 and 11? Persecutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my next question. Who did Paul credit for his rescue? No, you good. <laughs> so think about the circumstances you've endured recently. Are you able to echo Paul in similar ways? Do you see how God provided for you in those times? Um, 
And in verse 12 and 13, what did Paul say all who want to live a godly life will experience? Persecution. We don't like that part. (laughs) It's definitely not the fun part. But mark it down. We, we have it pretty easy here in America. At least we have had, and we may be going into a more difficult time. But we need to be prepared. We often get caught up fearing all the bad things that have happened or could happen that we forget that we have a prize that can't be taken from us. Will you read verse 15 again? And how from infancy you have known the scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you. What does Paul say the scripture gives us? Salvation. Wisdom. Wisdom, yeah. Yeah. Do you struggle in decision making or areas of your life where you feel like you wish you had wisdom? That's found in this. Um, And then verse 16 and 17. How do we know scripture can be trusted? What's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally his breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. I came across something this week, a friend on Facebook. and she was, she was making a plea out to all her church-going friends. She was looking for a church, and she listed all her requirements because she can't find church. And it was just like, oh, my goodness, every single one of the things she listed um, would go against our beliefs at Oak Grove. And probably any Christian church that you would actually biblically find is Christian. And it was just like, I wanted to respond to her in love. Mm. But it was just like I knew that whatever I would say, you know, she would, she and probably a lot of other people would mm-hmm. just come back on you, you know, a thousand fold. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I, I was smart because I wanted to say something, you know, like, you know, if you're truly looking for a church, you're going to have to realign yourself. Because, I mean, one of the first things was the, the Bible's not God breathed, that it's mm-hmm. interpreted by the words of men. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, wow, you know, and it's just, it was, it was heartbreaking because it's yeah. just like I wanted to reach out. Could you but send her a private message? Well, I thought about that too, but it's just, you know, I'm thinking back about some of the other things that she's revealed about her um, position on on gay and lesbian rights and, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're rights, but positioning mm-hmm. in the world. And it was just like, you know, you're just, you're just, it's like, almost like she was baiting. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted someone. And I'm just like, I don't she want to fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, publicly. And it was just like, Hmm. So, I don't know, I prayed about it a lot this week, and so this is just really speaking to me, because I'm just like, if you don't have this as your foundation, yeah. I mean, how do you even go anywhere? Right. If you don't believe that the Word of God is truly God-breathed. Right. But it goes up on, um, and the verse 19 says, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. I mean... That's exactly where we're going next. That's what that is. <laughs> that's... Yeah. You know, she's been deceived, and yes. the evil one has gotten mm-hmm. hold of her. I can't say whether she's a Christian or not, but she's being deceived. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that it's going to get worse. Yeah. We're going to see more and more of that. 
But and we're going to see a clear difference. Mm -hmm. The Bible says it's going to get clearer and clearer and clearer who's on which side. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's starting. Yeah, you're already seeing that now. Oh, yeah. It's becoming really obvious. <coughs> for sure. Well, we I went back so. and looked to see if someone had suggestions for her because I have a, a pretty good group of people that are friends with her, and I'm pretty certain that they are Bible-believing people, and they didn't come. <laughs> Nobody wanted to come. But there were people that made some suggestions on which churches to go to, and it's not surprising, but it, it was yeah. heartbreaking because, yeah. you know, uh, the UCC and Methodist Church, and you know, it's just kind of like, okay, these are, these are mainline churches that people go to. Mm-hmm. And if you said if you were that, the people would, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, and they totally, you know, embracing, you know, it's just, it's, it's just like, wow, we, we've come to accept that, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about it and everything, and then when you just know that you're in a position where this is someone that you know, you want to reach out to them, but it's just like. I just, I don't even really think that, you know, I'm going to be screaming into the wind. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I wrestle with that because I'm just like, I know I'm going to burn that bridge and I, she's got to cut me off as a friend. And I'm like, that's fine. But I want to do it in the right way. I don't want to just, you know, mm-hmm. poke her in the eye and, you know, right, just, right. you know, yeah. make it hurt. It's yeah. Just, you know, I, I want to do it in love mm-hmm. and say, you know, you, you know, really need to re- realign with the truth. Mm-hmm. And not what you want. You need to just need to start with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't even matter what the subject is, even if we take it back to anxiety. Like, if we don't have something outside of ourselves, because our heart is desperately wicked, even when it tells us to be afraid or to, you know, whatever, or to, you know, seek after. It's just there's so many lies swirling around. Yeah. We have to have something outside of ourselves that we can say, I can hold on to this. This is an anchor, and it's not going to move. It's not going to change. Yes. Because everything else is changing so rapidly, including yeah. inside of our own hearts, you know, yeah. emotionally. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord will give you wisdom in how to, if he wants you to respond. I know, because I don't think that it's done, because it yeah. keeps coming up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it'd be nice to just say it's done, but that's yeah. not what we're called to do. Yeah, and you never help. You know, you probably, even though you, you want to come across the right way, chances are the Lord has already given you grace in mm-hmm. your life to be a kind-hearted person. And if if you're if the Lord is leading you to say something to her, it's not your responsibility how she takes it. I mean, if you're if you're listening to the Lord and in crafting your response, if she says I don't want to be friends with you anymore, that that is not on you. And there's there are going to be relationships like that. They don't. They're people that do not like that we have made Jesus our life. It's kind of like politics. The mm-hmm. people now are so politic-driven with all the things that's going on in this world, and mm-hmm. then we need to stay strong as Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just keep trying to lead people in the right direction, but you get a lot of bad comments. Yeah. 
So in verse 16 and 17, what is God's good, word good for? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of things. <laughs> and then verse 17. What's that? So that we're fully equipped. Yeah. So do we want to be fully equipped? To rightly handle the word of truth, to share with others, to understand it for our own lives. That's in the word. So why do we need to be grounded in scripture and know what it says? You kind of spoke to this. People are going to try and deceive us. The world is going to deceive us. The, uh, Satan has many ways of trying to convince us. Our own thoughts, right? Anxious thoughts. Um, and so in, uh, let's look at, who has it? Isaiah 55.8. Did I give that to somebody? Does anybody have that one? I may have missed that. Do you mind reading that, Jen? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Thank you. <laughs> so, our, we don't think like God. Um, our human understanding and what makes sense to us is typically the opposite of God's ways. Um, much of what God asks us to do doesn't make sense to our brains. Um, and often seems contrary to common sense. Like, why would I forgive somebody when they keep sinning against me, when they keep doing the same awful thing? Why, why should I forgive them? Um, so we have to immerse ourselves in God's word to help retrain our thinking and understand him and his ways more. Um, God's word helps us know truth so that we can recognize what's not true, the, the deceptions of people, the world, the devil. Um, does someone have Romans 16, 17, and 18? Oh, I, do. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but for their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of those of the naive. Thank you. And then Colossians 2, 6 to 8. Somebody have that? So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of the world, rather than on Christ. Thank you. And then 1 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15. That's me too. Oh. <laughs> um, for the men are false apostles, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then, if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. Thank you. So how do we know who's deceiving us? How do we not get deceived? I guess I should, that's a good way of saying it. We need to be knowledgeable in our reading 
Yeah. We can't take it for somebody else doing it for us. Right. So how does a how does a person know when they get counterfeit money? They hold it up for the light. Mm. Well, that's good. Mm. That wasn't what you were searching for. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Right. A pen, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, look closely at them. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, you know, I work at Dodge General. Some people try to pass us fake money before. Mm-hmm. It's been caught. Sometimes it's been accepted. Um, so, like, some of it was literally like play money. It says motion picture use only, but the font is exactly the same as the others for just looking at it. And oh, okay. And then the others, like on $100 bills, they have, like, serial numbers. Yeah. Um, if they're all the same, then it's obviously counterfeit. Yeah. Even on some of them, the pen won't work. Uh-huh. And then also the watermark thing in the corner is supposed to not be visible unless held too late. Yeah. And in a, any given day, you're dealing, you, you feel a whole lot of money coming through your hands, right? Mm-hmm. So the more you know the real thing, the easier it is to spot the fake, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same with God's word. The more we know God's word, the easier it is for us to see when someone's trying to deceive us or the world is trying to deceive us. Um what are some lies that the world tries to tell us? Go with your heart. Yeah, follow your heart. Yeah, that's a scary place to follow. <laughs> there's no truth. There's all, you know, your truth. Is your, truth. Your, your truth. Your truth. Is. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, like the lie, especially for young girls, you are enough. It's like the slogan, this is a new, yeah, there's not enough. <laughs> right. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Yeah. yeah. And empowers us mm-hmm. to obey. Yeah. As it relates to the abortion topic, like it's easy for young girls or anyone to think, well, I can't afford it, so I'll just take care of it. But that's very much not in line with what we know to be true in the word. When I was thinking about that when we were reading about the angel of light, the first thing that popped into my mind is, you know, the whole love is love thing. Like how much more angelic does that sound? You know, it sounds so good. Like mm-hmm. how could we possibly go against that? You know, but it's like <coughs> such a disguise for such evil, you know. So the love is love movement, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's fine. What kind are we talking about? Well, yes. <laughs> it's kind of a key component. <laughs> or you're a good person, or I'm a good person. Are we? Is that what God's word says? We're desperately wicked. So this is where it becomes critically important for our anxious thoughts. Sometimes we're our own worst enemies and can come up with some very untrue and deceptive things we tell ourselves. Um, But when we know God's word, we have the tools to capture those thoughts and replace them with true thoughts informed by scripture, like we were talking about a couple weeks about taking thoughts captive. Um, So as we go home today, I want to just encourage you to know the word, be in the word. Let that be your grid for what you allow in your mind. Um, It's so easy to be deceived. The Bible would not talk about being deceived so many times if it weren't something we need to watch out for. So, would someone like to close in a word of prayer? 